My name is Era, and I'm the host of the Tamil Creator Podcast. I chat with creators from all over the world to share their stories and discuss hot topics in a way that I hope inspires, educates, and entertains you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Tamil Creator. This is your host, Era. Today, I have Jalaja Pera Rajasingam, who is the Manager of Volunteer Resources at SAC. Uh, which stands for South Asian Autism Awareness Center, amazing organization funded by Gita. Maybe I'll get her on the podcast later. And Jalaja, in addition to doing uh, amazing work there, she's also a choreographer slash dancer extraordinaire on the side and dancing something that I wish um, I could do. Um, but, you know, maybe Jalaja will kind of give me lessons in the future and I'll kind of figure that out. But without further ado, Jalaja, why don't you kind of kick things off by talking a bit about your family, your upbringing, and kind of how that sparked, you know, your love of dancing and yeah, kind of go from there. Yeah, for sure. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me on this podcast. I think this is my first podcast ever. Awesome. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I mean, what sparked my passion for dancing, I would say like, you know, sitting there when I was younger, and our parents would put us in front of the TV, and all we would do is watch movies right we would like live and breathe movies right like Tamil cinema was like such a huge role in my life uh and I guess many people right Uh, many dancers I would say um so that's where it really began we would just sit there um and dance in front of the dance from the tv copy what we see and then I guess our parents saw that there was some kind of talent there or something. So they would use us as entertainment at their parties. <laughs> and that's where I would start performing for people because, you know, you're kind of forced to anyway. So it kind of sparked there. And yeah. And um, do you have any siblings? Yes, um, I have an older sister and a younger brother. So I am the male child. Um, and so I'm always that... Uh, person that either is a, known as a rebel or known to like just do whatever and not care so I'm like that personality in <laughs> and like how would you describe kind of your family dynamic like either a lot of Tamil families I know um, like that first generation kind of that transition to us is either like very close or like you know um, it's like everyone talks but it's not like you have deep conversations like you would have had with your friends like how would you kind of describe your family dynamics that way? I would say we're very, we are very close. Um, my parents owned a bakery, Breadmaster Bakery at Malvern. So they oh, were always wow. really like consuming. Wait a minute, right by the Pizza Hut? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. are you serious? Oh, yeah. wow. Small world, because I used to always go um, to Dr. O'Brien when I was like a kid. Yes, like, at the, yes, yes. So like we would park in that plaza, walk and get like, go to the doctor, come back, get like food from that, from your parents' place, which I didn't know, and yeah. then go home. So crazy. Awesome. Yeah. So they were, um, you know, all busy with that. But all while, like, my siblings and I, we were very, very close. And we would always be at the bakery and always like, we're always like together doing something, uh, helping out for that, or just like kind of hanging out and watching movies. So like, we are, I would say we're very, very close. And we do share, we do talk a lot, especially when we got older, like when we uh, grew older, I think our parents were more like, um, after they, um, gave the bakery away um I would say they were they I didn't know they had this kind of personality when they grow older like um they're so much more funnier <laughs> right like it kind of makes sense when they're busy in their um you know jobs and stuff they're stressed or they're like always on the go and then once they retired 
I didn't know my mom had that like sense of humor. She is hilarious, right? Um, it's, it's really interesting. I think when you have like a family business, I think there's a lot of like, uh, like our parents who I think a lot of them end up doing something entrepreneurial, like maybe it was like opening a restaurant, things like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, you have to like um, provide for like your family, often like multiple mm-hmm. kids mm-hmm. and like it's single income usually like, or like, you know, the, the mother yeah. and father are working together. And yeah, you're right. Like even my dad, like in his retirement, like way different than what I remember when I was a kid. He's like way like, I'm saying making it sound bad, but like, he's like, just like, like cause I think cause he's less stressed. He's like more smiley and like, yes. just like, so it's like way different. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very different. And like, I like both ends because, you know, you kind of see their entrepreneurial side and like what they can do and how like passionate and like driven they are all at the same time when they're like, when they can relax, it's like, they're so entertaining and it's like huh okay cool like I'm gonna be that way (laughs) I feel like our parents are way more entertaining or like more interesting that we probably give them credit for and it's probably because a lot of them don't share like their interesting life before like because now that I'm a parent I'm like hey I was I think me and Claudia are like pretty cool but now like when our kids grow up they're gonna be like oh our parents are like lame but I was like no no we had an interesting life before you guys (laughs) so like I totally kind of empathize now so um so obviously like I I know you through a lot of things, but I think um, one of the things I'm envious is you're a great dancer and now you're sharing your passion and your talent by teaching others to dance. So, yeah. you know, how did you, you know, turn this passion of dancing into, I don't know if you're making it into a business, but like at least sharing with others or like being a choreographer, like for people's weddings and things like that. So how did you kind of branch up from there and how do people discover this talent of yours? Um, I mean, I've been dancing and choreographing for a very long time, well, a long time, well before I started Let's Jalsa. And the reason why I started Let's Jalsa is so that dance stays in my life, you know, um, growing up, like your parents tell you, they encourage you to dance because you're the entertainment, right? The family entertainment. <laughs> after the fact, it's like, okay, now go get a job or go do this or be productive. But I'm like, hey, um, dance is pretty productive if you, if you think about it, right? Um, So yeah, it kind of started there and I really just wanted to keep dance in my life. And so the, the feeling that I get out of dance and like that adrenaline rush that I get, I know other people can feel the same way. And a lot of people I know are just really shy or really nervous to dance. So that's why I went into the wedding industry because so many people dread that portion of their reception. It's like either the speech or their dance. So it's like, okay, let me help you with that. Right, and let me show you how to have fun with it because that's what it's supposed to be. Um, so I did like primarily focus on the wedding uh, dance side of things, but then really let's Jalsa is not just wedding choreography, right? It's it's all things dance. You know, I do workshops, I do like I teach a lot of I teach a lot of people. Um, I do productions, I direct videos and production, stage performances and things like that. So there's a lot of different things I I do as well. And now I'm doing tutorial videos because of the pandemic. I kind of um, had to adjust with um, and kind of adapt to the situation. And so now I would do tutorial videos for clients and uh, couples overseas. And I've also kind of like now I started something called Sack Studios, which maybe I could get into a little later, but I provide like resources and videos for individuals on the autism spectrum, but in the dance, in the dance realm. So I teach them like dance through videos for them. And also I've done workshops for parents. 
um, you know, parents of the individuals on the autism spectrum, because dance is really just an outlet, right? A lot of people don't realize how it could make you feel after the fact. You just really, it's about enjoying, letting your body go and just enjoying the music and just, it'll, it's like a stress reliever. And a lot of people are so shy to do it that they don't realize how much benefit comes out of it. Uh, and so that's where Let's Jalsa comes into it, where it's just have fun with it. And if you don't know how to, I will show you. <laughs> That's a, smart, that's a smart kind of um, uh, like um, idea around kind of, yeah, like for people, I remember like our wedding, I was terrified of the dance. We had the dance routine we had to do, but you're right. Like it was fun after the fact, but it's so terrifying. And like having something like this would be fairly useful. And for those of you listening, Jalja actually had a major, mo- like, you know, she got married and she moved into her own place during COVID with her, her now husband. I can only imagine how great your um, dance routine at your wedding would have been. So there's got to be a video out there somewhere around that one. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't do a reception because uh, it had to get postponed. But I'm hoping that maybe, I mean, I've always dreamt of it. So I may do it. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You got to at least record a routine. I, feel like I will. Epic. <laughs> and you, you brought up a good point. I was going to actually segue into SAC as well. Um, for those people that, I mean, I'm aware of it because I, I saw it from the beginning. And obviously, you've been involved for a long time. But maybe tell people what SAC is. And like how you kind of got involved and how you've seen the organization kind of grow from, I remember the humble beginnings from like, I, I think it's still around that location, but Mark and Manel's married with that small location. And now that's, you know, it's got much bigger and nicer. So yeah, talk about that. This episode is sponsored by nobody. That's right. Nobody. So if you could be kind enough to hit that subscribe button, that would mean a lot to me. Yeah, so uh, SAC Autism Center is a um, charity based in Scarborough. Uh, It's focused primarily on um, providing accessible and equitable services for families on the autism spectrum. Um, So any any families that have like low resource, sorry, uh, language barriers or low income families, we provide um, subsidized services for for them, right? Um, I actually joined SAC a very, very long time ago when I was, as a volunteer, when I was in university. Um, I was one of those people where I was like, I should probably do something productive with my time. Let me volunteer somewhere. And that somewhere happened to be SAC and it just blossomed from there. And when I started at SAC, it was the beginning. I was one of the first few volunteers there. And now it's grown into serving over 400 families, Um, you know? And so I was there when it kind of blossomed. And so I've seen many, many things, whether it's the families, the parents and their development, but also the community side of things because I'm the, the volunteer manager. So I kind of um, recruit volunteers and allow, give them opportunities to work with these families, right? And kind of see what you can do and how you can do better, right? For, for our own community. So um, I've seen the community really come together and all the different students and uh, working professionals that have like gotten involved at SAC and how they've grown as individuals and how they came in and how they left and how different they are. So I, I think I have a very interesting perspective on like things that happen at SAC because I see all sides of things, right? I see the, the clients, I see their, their parents and how they come in like really like, you know, like to themselves and who have now, who are now like open to talking about autism and like kind of proud of who they are, who their children are and really being advocates 
versus like the community who come in who don't know anything about autism who leave as advocates as well and looking to fundraise and educate people around them so yeah yeah I think it's a great organization for like two main things I see is really exposure education like a lot of people in the Tamil community there's certain topics that just aren't talked about and autism was one of those misunderstood things that now there's more education that SAC's doing and not just in the Tamil community I think there's like people that I've heard about that just like you know it's like really hard to find a place like this where you not only get support but it's also like a community with other parents or families but also have children with autism and you kind of get educated together share your pain struggles joys so it's a pretty amazing place for that and I think that's the best part because it's not just client services it focuses on the entire family as a whole Mm -hmm. right the siblings the parents so I think that's where um like that's why it's just so beautiful because you see it as a whole right like the entire family so yeah so how, do, how, how do your two, like the things that you're passionate about, you love doing in terms of your full-time job at SAC, as well as your dancing, like how do they, first of all, how do you balance that time between the two? And then how do you kind of marry those two interests? Because I, I don't know if this is part of like your SAC work, but like I saw the Stop, Drop and Jelsa challenge or um, uh, <laughs> yeah. as well. So maybe talk a bit about all those things. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, with SAC, I... It, it is quite challenging to balance your full time and, a, and your passion, right? Especially if I'm trying to pursue my passion in dance and it, it, it is very time consuming. But at the same time, it's like at SAC, I'm able to have that creative outlet there um, where for our like fundraising galas, I would do performances that tell stories about families on the autism spectrum. So I would marry the two in that sense, right? I would tell stories through dance and those stories are about families on the spectrum. So you know, that was something that was very um, motivating and inspiring for me as an artist, because I had the opportunity to do that. Um, At the same time, we also have dance programs at SAC. So that's where like, I would kind of um, get involved in that light as well, where um, I would do tutorial videos for, uh, for like individuals on the spectrum as like resources for them to use at home during the lockdown, right? Uh, Another thing that something um, that I did with SAC was um, I went to Sri Lanka in 2019 uh, and I went to Kilinochi and we were able to work with um, many special needs classes and we did a needs assessment there and when I went there you see so many children with special needs who don't have the right resources to like um, you know who don't have the right resources to um, get that help and it's like where do you even start and so when I went there and I saw these children and I thought okay I noticed that they all love to dance they all love um, performing so that's one of the main things that we heard all the all the teachers say oh you should see this child they're so good at dancing and so that's when I was able to kind of um, get really motivated and inspired to do more than just, you know, wedding choreography. I could do more with this dancing field, right? Not just weddings and not just, um, you know, here, but I can help uh, people there as well. So I, w- I would like implement some kind of programming there and I'm like working on something right now. Um, but that's another thing. 
And yes, you did talk about Stop, Drop, and Jalsa. So <laughs> as part of a fundraiser as we're doing for SAC, which is our walkathon, I decided to collaborate with uh, people in our community um, and do short, fun dance videos. And the reason behind that is not just to fundraise, but also to get more people involved and to bring awareness in a more fun light right? So getting more people involved in it, because every, first of all, everyone loves to dance. And I know so many people that used to dance that don't have the outlet to dance anymore. So it's like, why not do it for a cause like this? Everyone gets to dance, everyone gets to have fun and really just kind of go out of their comfort zone and get active again, especially after a lockdown or the third lockdown, um, all while raising funds for a very important cause so I started this stop drop and Jelsa and I think it went really really successfully this year because I got more than me asking people people were reaching out to me to participate and that makes me so happy because that tells me two things they're there they believe in the cause and also they want to let go right they want to get out of their comfort zone and start dancing again which makes me very happy <laughs> Yeah, I saw some people in the video that I didn't know dance. I think like Myron yes. was one and like yeah. a few others. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, it's um, so amazing. It made me so happy. <laughs> that's awesome. Because you have a lot on your plate, right? Like you like had these new, like uh, new milestones. You kind of, from a personal level and you work full time, you do this on the side as well. I think a good support system is probably key to enabling you to kind of do that or keep going, especially when things get my touch. So like, what is your support system like with friends and family? And have you ever been like questioned or not criticized, but like, yeah, maybe question criticized about like your career choices or just kind of the dancing? Like how, how do people feel about that in your support system? For sure. I'm going to start with the criticism, criticism first, because uh, growing up, all my parents would say is dance. And then after a certain point, they say, stop dancing. <laughs> when are you done? Are you done yet? Okay, that's nice. Are you done yet? Are you done now? And that's what the questions were every single year because I was also dancing outside of school performances and university competitions. I would dance with Agni and I'm one of the lead choreographers for Agni music group. So for them, that's like every single weekend we have a show and every single weekend we have to choreograph and perform and teach. And it's like, kind of like a full-time thing it was like a full-time gig and always performing and so that means you're not really home that means you know your parents will start to worry uh just when you like kind of give yourself to dance and it's natural because I know a lot of parents are like that and so in the beginning my parents were kind of like I think this is enough you should like kind of move on now um but then now when you think about it once I started Let's Chelsea and kind of I think they understand that dance is just not like a like a hobby and just like a thing on the side it's kind of like just who you are and so I think they have accepted that and now they're like oh so how are your clients and it's just so fast I'm still so fascinated how parents can change I'm still on that topic <laughs> <laughs> especially because anyways I'm not even going to get into that but yeah so I think the same parents who would criticize you are the same ones who will be there regardless right um, so my family is definitely my biggest support system. My friends are very supportive because also all my friends dance. I only have dancer friends. I'm just joking. I have, <laughs> um, like all my friends are very supportive of that and they're all down to dance. Everyone wants, wants that in their life. No one wants to let it go. I just found an outlet to keep it, you know? Mm. Um, so I think they believe in what I'm doing. And of course I have to give a shout out to Kanka, my husband, um, who, 
you know, before I was thinking, you know, is it me or is it Dan? I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, you know, it's more like, you know, you have to like, what is it called? You have to manage your time properly. But he's definitely someone who still pushes me to dance. He's he's like my number one fan. In fact, he doesn't dance. He's my number one fan and my number one client because <laughs> I'm constantly teaching him something because like, you know, he's not a dancer. But um, yeah, he's like my number one support right now. And he pushes me to do more. So yeah. That's a lot of pressure on the dance floor for him to be, to have you as his dance partner. So. <laughs> Did you know that every time you left a five out of five review for this podcast, a Tamil parent lets their child pursue a career in the creative arts? Okay, that's probably not true. But if there's a chance that it is, do you really want to jinx it? Leave a review. Do it for the young creative in you. I guess in terms of like your why, like, you know, why, what's your why? Like, I like to ask this question, like, why do you like to dance? Um, you know, do you see yourself at SAC? And like, what's your why for kind of keep doing the work that you do there? We might have kind of already answered that, I don't know, but I'll let you answer. Yeah, I mean, I guess what I would add to it is, um, I think what what I see in others, like what I notice in others when they dance, what I notice in the kid, in the students at SAC when they dance, when I notice, what I notice in parents when they're dancing through our through our workshops, what I notice in clients, what I just notice in people and their whole like if it just, I think I really enjoy when people enjoy dancing if that makes any sense like I feel like I'm making some sort of like I'm bringing some sort of light to their day um am I making a huge impact I don't know maybe but for that moment am I making them feel good yes and that's what I strive to do every single time so my why is like people and them learning and them feeling better about themselves and feeling more confident to be who they want to be you know and just what, you. what's the insecurity that you have um insecurity I honestly I (laughs) I guess for me it's what's uh next it's always like what's next like what happens now or like what's my next move can I do something better is this enough is this enough for people but that's always a flaw um because like why does it matter if it's enough for other people you know what I mean it's like that's just a struggle I think artists feel in general it's always like, you know, is this enough? Will people like what I put out? Will they appreciate what I put out? It should be more so, do I appreciate what I put out? Yes. Do I like what I put out? Absolutely. And so I do it for my own entertainment. Like before, this is something that, um, before I would put out stuff to entertain other people, but now I put stuff out to entertain myself. (laughs) And I think that's definitely um, helped me um, just, overall because like you do it for yourself like am I having fun with it absolutely so I'm gonna do it and if you enjoy it then you're welcome you know if not then you're welcome (laughs) so in terms of a personal legacy how would you want to be remembered by your friends and family um I wrote this down actually (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah um I guess um it's to be known as someone that pushes their creative boundary, you know, um, you know, I just want people to know that it's okay to be yourself and enjoy it and on your own terms, you know, it's, it's just, 
you don't have time in your life to like stress about these things and honestly like let's just or just me in general is just enjoy it enjoy yourself do what you want and yeah <laughs> how you feel so if you had a chance to go in a time machine and visit 16 year old Ajelja, what would you tell her I would tell her to stop overthinking um I'm like one of the biggest overthinkers maybe it's just like the artist in me or the creative in me but I would tell her to stop overthinking and stop caring too much you overthink because you care too much about the wrong things Mm -hmm. right um I think if I stopped caring about the wrong things and uh, my surroundings I could just do it for myself and really be like feel fulfilled within you know and feel content within but that only happened not that long ago right that only happened recently I would say five years ago is when I took that leap and started something and put myself out there because before I wouldn't because why should I am I good enough and you always stop yourself right but then once I stopped caring it's like really I wish I did that before because I feel like I could have done so much more you know five years ago is when I started doing sports you know I was that person who like (laughs) I actually want to tell you the story uh grade eight I was um, asked to be on the basketball team because I was tall. Okay, that's it. I never like auditioned or I never went for these tryouts or anything. I never did that. I was just asked to be on the team as a bench warmer in case because I was tall enough. (laughs) And so, but mind you, I was proud of it. (laughs) Right. So, you know, it's like, I just wish I stopped like overthinking and stopped myself from doing things because you would just assume you're not good enough. Uh, and then five years ago is when I started joining like flag football and like Watsall and I did all of these different like things and like ultimate frisbee and that's where I met you too like yes. that's where, um, you know so and then it's like hey like I'm actually not too bad you know I have to give myself a little bit more credit and I wish I gave myself more credit when I was 16 or earlier so do you like out of reading or podcasting which do you kind of listen to or like consume more for like information out of the two <laughs> um to be honest i do neither um i'm kind of forced to listen to kanka and his po- sports podcasts <laughs> and then i'll listen to it and then he'll sit there explaining what happened i'll, I'll just nod my head <laughs> <laughs> sounds great <laughs> i guess it's because i i don't really have too much time to sit or i i haven't really gotten into it um, but some podcasts that I do listen to is yours. I've definitely listened to yours with Tanya and Janssen and I really, really enjoyed it. And I like listening to everyone's stories and um, how, like what they're so passionate about and the way they view things, you know? Um, yeah, I've met a lot of people in my, like over the years through SAC and through dance and everything. And it's just, I love absorbing what people have to say and like what their what their why is and what their motivation is so your podcast is like really really important you know for town creators to hear and yeah it's it's great we will take that public endorsement um <laughs> so in terms of somebody from the global Tamil community that you admire and why uh and maybe like a non a non-Tamil person you admire and why like who are those people for you to be honest, like I was thinking about this question and I don't really have like an answer because I, I pull um, inspiration through like everything and anybody and everybody, you know, like I, anything I see, I pull like inspiration from. Um, there's no like one person I would say, yes, this is that person and I just want to be them. It's not that like, I can't, I, yeah, I don't think I can really answer that question. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. 
I, I think a question I also like to answer or ask is, it's kind of like a detour for a lot of the, the, the creative people that I speak to or a lot of creatives, but around the topic of money. So how do you view money? What is your relationship with money like? And like, do you think about investing? Yeah, just more of a curious question there. Um, to be honest, I, I wish I knew more. I wish I knew more about investing and uh, just handling money as in general. I never did. Um, I kind of relied on like whatever your parents say. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. You do. I don't look into it outside of it. I don't really know how to do my own taxes, and I just don't. <laughs> right. But like at the same time, I did like invest in property with my sister when like five years ago. So that's when it even started, and that you know. So like I don't know too much. I would, and I'm definitely looking to learn more about it uh, now that I'm married to Kanka. He's always talking about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um so is there something that you've purchased in like the last couple of years like a I don't know if it's been like impulse or just anything you purchased that's like out of like your ordinary budget of things but like you don't regret it um I'm gonna say home decor um if uh if you're a new home owner and you moved in like home sense and all those like places are your go-to and you know half my time I'm either spending a lot on like different sizes of bowls and different candles just because because it makes me happy and I think it's it's a it's an important purchase Kanka thinks otherwise he's always questioning my purchases and wondering is this necessary what's the functionality <laughs> of this and I'm like honestly if this bowl is sitting here I'll be happy I'll move it tomorrow I'll move it the day after it doesn't matter <laughs> Like, things like that I would say yeah definitely home decor because you don't realize how expensive it is to furnish a home until you have to start doing it and it's like okay this is never ending <laughs> yeah I think maybe because of um COVID as well where more people are spending time at home yes, um sure. like part of how you feel about yourself and just how you feel in general is your environment so Absolutely. if you don't feel good about your environment then yeah you're probably not going to feel good yeah I need that bowl and I need that candle <laughs> <laughs> Money can be hard to come by, but here is a $100 opportunity for you. Join my free newsletter for free exclusive content and a free chance to win $100 when I hold special draws. Did I mention that it's free? What's a piece of advice that you would give to you know any aspiring Tamil creators listening to this episode? I would say don't doubt yourself. Um, it's easy to say, uh, but as a creator myself, um, you know, I'm coming from there. So don't doubt yourself. There's obviously a reason why you want to start creating or why you create in the first place. There's a reason for it uh, because you have that spark and you have that capability. So just show the world and people will appreciate it. You know, like don't overthink, just do it. And it's not a race, right? You do it however you want to do it, whenever you want to do it and in whatever style you want to do it. So um, yeah, don't doubt yourself. There's a reason for why you've been thinking about it. It's a good segue into the final segment of the podcast. It's something that I like to call creator confessions. I'm going to say a bunch of statements. You're going to give me um, first answer that pops up into your mind and we'll go from there. I hate these. <laughs> Are you ready? I guess. All right. First one. First Tamil, I mean, first time. Favorite Tamil food? Tamil food? Yes. Um, Katrikai <laughs> Why? That's my uh, go-to. Something that scares you. Uh, public speaking. When you say Katrikai, are you vegetarian? 
I am not vegetarian, ah, but I don't know. Something about it. I just love it. it. That curry has to be there. If it's not there, then it's not a good meal. Interesting. Okay. Um, favorite show that you're watching? Um, WandaVision. I did watch it, but I thought that was really, really great. A place you're itching to travel to after the pandemic is over? Um, I guess I would say Europe. Or really, I want to go to Australia. Okay. <laughs> a fellow Tamil creator that you want to give a shout out to? Ooh, that's a lot of pressure. How <laughs> should not even be on this? <laughs> My question should not be there. I give a shout out to all. Okay, I do not <laughs> want to give one shout out. <laughs> uh, favorite childhood memory? Um, dancing with my sister and families and doing those like home videos. <laughs> um, favorite film of all time? Film? Yes. I mean, I guess I'm going to say Pariyaba just because people know, <laughs> know my, my love for Rajinikanth. So I'm going to ask. That's to... your favorite Rajinikanth movie, Pariyaba? I like them all. I have many. I'm just going to say Pariyaba because, you know, it's a, it's a good, good go to. You can't go wrong. Um, you can't go wrong with it. Uh, pet peeve. Pet peeve. Hmm. Oh, dear. Um, people that ask too many questions. <laughs> That sounds like me. Uh, person or celebrity that you look up to? <laughs> a celebrity I look up to? Oh, gosh. Um, or person. Like, it can be anybody, person, person or celebrity. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess I look up to, I'm just going to say my parents and I'm going to say Kanka because I think he's like a huge inspiration. He's, he's like a behind the scenes guy, but he has like so much to offer. Not a lot of people know. <laughs> so I would say Kanka. I saw something he posted on LinkedIn, nothing to do with inspiration, but I think it was like his two or three scene, two or three screen setup at home in his office. Yeah. My goodness. Gracious. His office is like pretty this nice. Guy, said, yeah. yeah, yeah. He his office is so important to him. And I never realized why, but like he yeah, he does yeah, I can't even explain all the things that he's doing all at once. It's like, <laughs> how are you moving that fast? How are you thinking that fast? <laughs> um if you knew that you were going to die tomorrow, a regret that you would have? Hmm. <clears throat> a regret I would have? Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe not putting myself out there sooner, I guess. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. That, that's a deep question. <laughs> <laughs> um, age you want to retire by. And when I say retire... My definition is do what you want when you want. Well, so it's like ownership of time. Yeah. yeah. Well, technically I'm already doing that, but <laughs> um, <laughs> let's just say 50. I think yeah. I'm on the way. Um, a celebrity whose life you want to experience for just one day. A celebrity's life I want to experience. For just one day. Just one day. <laughs> um honestly my go-to answer is going to be Rajni I just want to know I just want to know it's a valid <laughs> question yeah for sure you no know, like everyone knows me as that like huge Rajni fan and like I've been to his house I've seen his security guy I said hi to him twice okay <laughs> so I never got to meet Rajni but it's like what is it like I'm sure it's super hectic and it's like insane and not as glorious as people think it is a random fact about Rajinikanth, um, I didn't realize, but he's super, I think Tamil cinema, but Rajinikanth is super huge in Japan. I don't know if you yes, know that. Yes, yeah. 
yeah it's hilarious i mean i don't know why i find it hilarious but yeah it is no but it's like yeah like i just didn't know that they're like any like outside of like the tamil community south asian community right. but um a friend of mine nelson who also will be on the next part of the next episode um he created a, a, a short film called the regine Kant effect and it was really around regine Kant's impact on kind of it's like a comedy no slash yeah so it's already it was already out a couple of years ago but like oh cool um yeah it's just crazy like his impact on like just young people um because i don't know a lot of like tamil like stars and all that stuff but i know regine Kant and i know money right now because i loved all his films too yeah um sure. so sure. it's just like i think regine Kant is like that universal like st- tamil movie star that people outside of the tamil community recognize or know somewhat yeah, at least sure. yeah more so like for his like style and stuff right like he's got so much charisma yeah he's like yeah, charismatic and style and yeah i think yeah a lot of people like that and appreciate that and i'm huge on that whole like style thing like i love mm. it it's so yeah. entertaining and i'm just like i'm all over it so <laughs> definitely um and finally um a public service announcement that you want to leave our audience with so it can be any final thoughts you want to leave them with or like something that you're working on that you want to get support on just any thoughts you want to leave the audience with okay um sure um well mainly one is get involved in your community <laughs> right um look to volunteer because um, you'll gain so much more than you think um so i would say volunteering your time and that could be one of them and um in terms of dancing i think really just allow yourself to be free allow yourself to um do what you love and do it because you love to do it you know not for any other reasons uh that will take you really far um and i think <clears throat> i've came like come really far because i'm all about entertaining myself and not anybody else so um, awesome yeah. well thank you jaja for jumping on the podcast uh for anybody listening that's inspired you know they want to collaborate while they're with on a dance with you whatever the case might be what's yeah. the best way for someone to reach out to you um i would say through uh instagram or you could also email me i am now that weddings are starting up again receptions are starting up again i am teaching in person and virtually uh so i do a lot of tutorial videos as well so reach out to me and yeah perfect and if, so if you're any anything like me with two left feet Jalaja is your person, guys. So thanks again, Jalaja, and for the audience. Appreciate you guys as always listening. See you guys in the next next episode.